All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today we are breaking it down position by position about who and what to watch out for in tonight's preseason action between the Atlanta Falcons and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for a very long time at Falcons.com, on Twitter at Falcons. Of course, the host of this illustrious Locked on Falcons podcast. You guys um, are tuning in for a special Saturday episode. We've had to do this quite a bit in the preseason, normally as sort of rapid reactions. But today, because the Falcons are playing tonight on a Saturday against the Jaguars, we will be doing our preview As we have done each of the last two preseason games, we'll go position by position, looking at each group and talking about some of the roster battles, some of the things to expect to see tonight, some of the question marks, you know, this sort of thing. If you've been listening to the show the last two weeks, you know what's in store. And if you haven't been listening to the show the last two weeks, shame on you, but congratulations, you have now decided to tune in to this illustrious Lockdown Falcons podcast. Okay. I'll stop talking now. I'll stop rambling. Let's jump right into it, starting with, of course, the quarterback position. Uh, This week is the dress rehearsal game. As you guys well know, that means the expectation is that the Falcons will play the entire first half as sort of their simulation of what the regular season game. This will be the closest that the preseason gets to mimicking the regular season. It isn't the same as the regular season, um, but it is close enough that we can you know, try to glean a little bit more from this game than we would any of the other three games performed. That being said, the expectation is that Matt Ryan and the Falcons starters will play the entire first half. That is not a guarantee, however. They could get a quick hook, as we've seen in previous years under Dan Quinn. Um, If they are playing especially bad, they could get a quick hook if they're playing especially well. Um, you know, the expectation is that at a minimum, they should get at least a quarter and a half, at least one or two possessions into the second quarter, but it doesn't guarantee that they'll play all the way into the third quarter. Um, so that's going to be the thing to to look out for. Obviously, Matt Ryan's got a lot of vengeance on mind, uh, going after Jalen Ramsey. We'll touch a little bit upon that matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Calvin Ridley a little bit later, but, um, you know, I don't have really any expectations of what Matt Ryan will do with certain injuries in the offense. I'm not, I don't have high expectations for what the Falcons offense will be able to accomplish tonight, but hopefully I'll, I'll get proven wrong. Um, the expectation in the second half, assuming the starters play the entirety of the first half, is that Matt Schaub and Kurt Banker will probably each get a quarter. I don't expect to see Garrett Grayson, but you never know. The Falcons might decide to throw him out there for another two-minute drill. Uh, as they have done the last two weeks. Um, I think this is a big game for Binkert because I think he needs to sort of have a bounce-back game in order to make a stronger bid for the final 53-man roster. As I've said on Twitter and probably previous episodes, I think at this point he's a pretty much a lock to be on the practice squad, but I think his play is going to have to improve significantly if he wants to be on the final 53-man roster just because I don't, I don't feel the Falcons are going to feel compelled to carry a third quarterback on the roster uh, unless his play is at such a high level that it overshadows the fact that he's never going to play a single snap, not only on offense, but also is not going to contribute anything on special teams. Um, The running back position, no Devontae Freeman, as I mentioned. 
if I didn't mention it today, I mentioned it yesterday. But Devontae Freeman will be held out of this game, so we'll see quite a bit of Tevin Coleman. I assume he'll get the bulk of the reps with the starters, but I also think that this is the finally we get the opportunity the summer of Ito. Um, we saw him get a few reps with the starters last week against Kansas City. However, I do expect him to be get a much regular mix of uh, in that rotation with Tevin Coleman this week, uh, particularly in the second quarter. Um, I think this week will also give us really our first opportunity to see him pass protect in game situations. Uh, if I recall correctly, he only had one snap last week against Kansas City where he was asked to pass protect. Um, so this will be an opportunity to see if he can handle the responsibility of, of protecting Matt Ryan. And if he can't, then, you know, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but that's going to limit his potential to contribute on offense this year. If he does show that he has that ability, then certainly he can be counted upon to be a, a significant contributor on, on offense. Again, relative, uh, you know, given Freeman and Coleman's massive presence in, in terms of the run game. Um, the other question mark at this position, I think right now, is going to be which between ja- Justin Crawford and Malik Williams uh, sort of have a bigger performance because I think both of those two guys are vying for a practice squad spot. I think Crawford probably has the edge as of right now, but I think Williams can sort of make a name for himself if he can have a strong showing um, this week or next week, and we'll see if that happens. At the fullback position, uh, I, I wonder how much of Jalston Fowler we're going to see tonight. I imagine we'll see him get some work. imagine he'll get some work in like the fourth quarter or something like that. But my expectation, at least for the first three quarters, is going to be we'll see a heavy dose of Ricky Ortiz coming off another solid game a week ago against Kansas City. If he has another good performance against this Jaguars defense, I think that will pretty much solidify or cement his his spot as the starting fullback for the Falcons heading into the season again assuming that he stays healthy uh through the remainder of the preseason there was a little bit of a scare coming off the heels of that Chiefs game but it doesn't sound like he's going to be limited in any capacity uh going into this Jaguars game um at the wide receiver position no Julio Jones no Marvin Hall um that could have an interesting wrinkle on who gets the reps at that X wide receiver spot. Uh, that's the roles that Julio and Hall primarily have played so far with Julio being out of the lineup. It's been Hall that's been getting a lot of those reps with the starters with Matt Ryan. Um, but I imagine that they might decide the next you know two guys up on the depth chart are Russell Gage and Reggie Davis. So we could see a lot of both of those guys get a heavy dosage of play with Matt Ryan in the starters which will be a good opportunity in the case of Gage to build a little bit better rapport with Matt Ryan in the case of Davis to make a bigger push to potentially make the roster and maybe you know leapfrog Marvin Hall if he has a sort of a breakout game against this Jaguars team. Um, I think beating Hall out for that six wide receiver spot is certainly an uphill battle at this point for Davis Um, but I think if he can you know, showcase a connection to Matt Ryan, as well as do some things on special teams against the Jaguars tonight. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Marvin Hall is a lock for that roster spot. But obviously with Julio Jones out of the lineup, we're going to see quite a bit of Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu, as well as probably Justin Hardy uh, working alongside whoever is filling in Marvin Hall's shoes, whether it's Davis or Gage, um, with Matt Ryan and the starters. 
obviously the big you know matchup that we're all curious to seeing is Calvin Ridley going up against those Jaguars starting corners with Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye, um, two corners that aren't afraid to get physical. And for those of you that have been listening to this podcast since we drafted Calvin Ridley, you know that one, the probably the only question mark I really have about Calvin Ridley is his ability to handle press coverage and physical corners. Despite his breakout performance against Kansas City last week, I think we saw those things sort of bubble up to the surface a little bit uh, with his ability to win in traffic and, and out-muscle guys. So this will be a big test for him going up against these Jaguars corners who can be pretty physical. Um, so th- that's going to be exciting to watch and see if he hand- if he passes that test, then, you know, then we can start really, you know, and this is coming from me, guys. Then we might start really start pushing that hype train uh, a little bit forward. So that's what I'm eager to see um, from Ridley. I'm also sort of curious to see how the Falcons utilize Justin Hardy because primarily this preseason he's been working primarily in the slot um, with Ridley sort of taking over his role as that backup Z wide receiver behind Muhammad Sanu. Um, and I'm wondering if we'll see Hardy get some reps at that X or maybe we'll see really get some reps at that X or something like that to sort of offset the loss of Jones and, and Hall. And it's not just going to be the Reggie Davis and Russell Gage show. Um, if that's the case, then there's even more reason to believe that the Falcons offense won't necessarily put their best foot forward uh, this week. So we'll see how that goes. Any other question at the wide receiver position, I think is we're looking at some of these deeper reserves, particularly guys like Devin Gray and Dantes Bird and Christian Blake. If any of these guys can sort of show out in the second half, particularly if they get some reps with uh, Schaub um, and, and sort of make a, a push for a practice squad spot ahead of next week's game where it's going to be all on the line. In a moment, we'll talk a little bit about the other offensive positions before switching to the defense and what to watch in tonight's action. But I do want to plug that the Locked On Podcast Network is now Locked On College Sports. You can check out a very a variety of shows uh, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, BYU, uh, Oklahoma, Baylor, just to name a couple of the schools that are currently represented on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find it wherever Locked On Podcasts can be found, your team every day. So let's talk about the tight end position, you know, probably the least sexy position group because they're, you know, the battle that we sort of expected to see this summer really hasn't come to fruition. That was between Logan Paulson and Eric Sommer for that backup spot behind Austin Hooper. It seems like so far that Paulson is pretty firmly entrenched there. We'll see if Saubert can sort of do a little bit more to maybe, you know, force Paulson to look over his shoulder a little bit. We saw him have a, a big catch on a busted coverage last week against Kansas City. We'll see if he can sort of build off of that this week. I'll also be curious to see how Austin Hooper, with you know going up against some athletic linebackers that the Jaguars have, as well as some decent safeties that they have, how well he fares and whether or not he can have a repeat strong performance uh, from a week ago uh, like he did against Kansas City. Uh, up front on the offensive line, obviously the starters are going to have their hands full going up against this Jaguars defensive line. Clays Campbell lines up all over the D-line, so he'll at, probably at any point, any given point in the game, he'll be beating somebody on the Falcons' offensive line. Um, you got Yannick Ngakwe primarily working in that right defensive end spot. He's the type of pass rusher that typically gives Jake Matthews a lot of problems. And then, of course, when, when your third and fourth best defensive linemen are Malik Jackson and Marcel Darius, you have, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches. 
so we'll see sort of how those guys fare. Obviously, we'll be focusing on Brandon Fusco. He'll be getting the start this week at right guard. He'll have an opportunity to sort of solidify his grip on that starting spot. But, you know, I wouldn't necessarily close the door completely on Wes Schweitzer at this point. If, if Fusco pulls a James Stone and gets obliterated by the, the Campbells and Jacksons and Dariuses of the world, um, and Schweitzer comes in with the second unit and plays reasonably well, um, then I, I do think there's a possibility that Schweitzer opens up the season as the Falcons starter. I think right now the battle is pretty close, at least based off of their play on the field. I think if Fusco might have a slight lead uh, based off of their performances on the field, but uh, not anything substantial that he can't, he, you know, he can't lose it all tonight. Um, the swing tackle position is also up for grabs. I think Sambrello uh, has a slight edge as well. But I do think, you know, given that these Jaguars have a decent crop of edge rushers, um, going up against the Falcons' um, second unit and, and potentially third unit uh, offensive line, um, there will be a good opportunity for one of these guys to either perform well or perform poorly, which could sort of change the scope of that battle as well. Ben Garland is going to be out, and so my expectation is that Sean Harlow will be promoted to the second-string offensive line, but there is a decent chance that they might decide to move up J.C. Hassenauer, uh to center and, and put Jamil Douglas back at left guard where he started, or he didn't start, but where he was um, that first game against the Jets. And I think Hassenauer, if he shows a good job of holding his own against you know the Jaguars' second-string defense or whatever against some of those, you know, elite elite backup D tackles that the Jaguars seemingly have, um, then, you know, I think he'll be in a strong candidate to make to land on the practice squad when all is said and done. Um, I think there's a good chance that, you know, there'll be some frequent opportunities with Sean Harlow, uh, whether he's on the second or third unit is, is face to face with Taven Bryan, the uh, prohibitive favorite to be the Falcons number one pick this past year until the Falcons, as usual, threw a curveball on draft day. Um, so, you know, that's an opportunity for Sean Harlow to showcase his skill and, and potentially solidify a roster spot. We'll continue to monitor Matt Gano. And I think right now he's, you know, a front runner to make the roster, the 53 man roster. I don't think he's a lock at this point, but, you know, another solid week. And then I think he, there's a very strong bet that he will wind up, you know, being retained on the Falcons roster moving, moving forward. All right, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, we should get the first opportunities to get see these extended reps from the Falcons nickel uh, sub package. They're foursome, uh, including Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley, Grady Jarrett, and Jack Crawford. I think we've seen flashes of Tack, Jarrett, and Crawford in limited action so far this preseason. Would like to see some flashes of Vic Beasley going up against Jeremy Parnell, the Jaguars' right tackle, is going to be making his uh, preseason debut alongside. Andrew Norwell, their big money left guard, who's going to be making his preseason debut tonight. Uh, Brandon Linder, their starting center, is questionable and sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision, so we'll uh, we'll see. So I I think given that the Jaguars are sort of, you know, trying to gel their offensive line and, and might have a backup center in the game, this will be a good opportunity for the Falcons, you know, foursome to be maybe a little fearsome and, and really sort of showcase their, put their best foot forward and, and regain some of the confidence that, you know, people like myself have with question marks surrounding how good is this pass rush going to be after what has been a fairly quiet preseason. Um, you know, I think 
outside of that, the, the major thing I'm going to be focused on with this defensive line group is going to be who's pushing for that ninth defensive line spot. I think right now it's likely going to be a defensive tackle. Uh, one of the following three, Garrison Smith, Justin Zimmer, John Cunningham. Um, we'll see which of those guys stands out tonight, but I think one of those guys can put themselves in an advantageous situation heading into the final week. And then I think that final game is probably going to be a big factor in determining who sticks right now. If I was guessing, I would imagine I would probably put Garrison Smith with a slight lead on the other two, just because I think the other two are eligible for the practice squad and Smith may, may not be. Um, JT Jones, I still think is a dark horse for that spot, but he needs to showcase a little bit better pass rushing ability. Um, just has been pretty quiet as a pass rusher so far this preseason. Um, so hopefully he can step up and, and, and figure it out tonight. All right, we got more to talk about with the Falcons defense, looking at the back seven guys uh, and what to watch for in tonight's uh, preseason action against the Jaguars. But if you guys want to start looking ahead to week one of the regular season, I suggest you go check out Lou DiBiase, the host of Locked On Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So at linebacker, no Deion Jones, so that likely means that Duke Riley will get the start again at middle linebacker and be asked to put in the position to call the defense like he did last week. That's going to be a big responsibility for him this week uh, if the Falcons do ask him to do that. It wouldn't totally shock me if they decided, you know what, let's give Kamal Ishmael that, those duties this week um, just so we don't put too much on Duke's plate. Um, but, you know, I, I do think we'll we'll see certainly see Duke working with the starters alongside Devondre Campbell, certainly in nickel situations this week, whether or not he's being asked to call the defense, we'll have to see. Um, He handled those responsibilities reasonably well last week against the Chiefs. We saw him improve his tackling. Hopefully this week we'll see improvements with his reading, his recognition, those instincts and whatnot, and hopefully that leads to him, you know, making a couple of splash plays so maybe people will, you know, stop harping on how terrible and awful he is and and whatnot that, you know, people seem to be harping on, not on this podcast, but, uh, you know, you see it elsewhere in the ether. Um, you know, Foye Olakun will continue to probably get work, um, you know, in the nickel early in this game, and, and this will be a good opportunity with extended reps for those starters to sort of mix him in and see what he can do uh, beside Devondre Campbell in certain situations, as well as we'll also see whether Jonathan Celestin can continue his upward trajectory um, in, in his bid to make the roster as the sixth linebacker. At the cornerback position, Desmond Trufant is a game-time decision. If he plays and, um, you know, him and Alford should have, you know, a decent advantage going up against the Jaguars wide receivers and, and Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief, and Keelan Cole. Those guys are by no means chopped liver, but uh, certainly I don't think are the types of wide receivers that should be too problematic for our starting corners. But we'll see. Uh, you know, our guys have been known to, you know, look vulnerable in the preseason and then turn it on during the regular season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think, you know, for me at the cornerback position, the big question for me is whether Isaiah Oliver has a rebound slash bounce back game and, you know, see if he gets some run with the starters in, in the first half, or will we mostly see Brian Poole and or DeMonte Casey get some of that nickel work uh, instead uh, when um, Alford and, and Trufant are off the field. Now, if Trufant doesn't play, then I certainly think there's a much better than 
I have a chance that we'll see Oliver get some of that early work and, you know, him testing himself against guys like Lee and Moncrief and Cole, I think will be an interesting matchup. The other thing I'm watching at this quarterback position is the deep backups, Ryan Neal, Deontay Burton in the second half in the fourth quarter of this game, and whether one of those guys can sort of stand out as a developmental option on the practice squad. We know Burton is making the transition from a wide receiver last year, played primarily wide receiver in college. I think he was a DB in high school. Um, But, uh, you know, I think he's done decent enough stuff that you could sort of, you know, keep him on the practice squad and keep him developed. But I thought Ryan Neal impressed me in very limited action last week against the Chiefs, uh, getting thrown in there late in the game. And I do wonder if if he can continue to do that and maybe sort of come out of nowhere as a mid, you know, August roster decision, roster addition, and wind up landing on a practice squad. So that's what I'm curious to see. At the safety position, we won't see Ricardo Allen tonight, so expectation is DeMonte Casey should start. I wonder if we'll also see Ron Parker get some action with the starters. Um, There's been some talk that he might be on the roster bubble just because he's not played a whole lot in the preseason. I have sort of taken it the opposite way. The fact that he hasn't played a whole lot in the preseason means that he's not on the roster bubble, but you know, it's not the first time I've been wrong about stuff like that. So we'll see about that. But um, yeah, you know, I think Casey Parker and Neil probably should get a healthy amount of reps uh, with the starters tonight. Um, and to me, you know, the, the only real question at the safety position is whether or not Tyson Graham, Cedric Cooper, or Marcellus Branch, any of these guys are going to put out some decent tape for once this preseason to really sort of make a push to be on the practice squad. Right now, none of these guys, I think, have really shown consistent. Like, Branch has been probably the most consistent of the group, followed by Cooper. Graham has been very up and down. Uh, was primarily responsible for that big touchdown to Tyreek Hill last week. Um, he's not a he's not a cover safety, but he hasn't been great as a box safety either because he's missed a bunch of tackles as well. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to watch and see if any of those guys can actually have a you know put more good out there than bad. It seems like each week, each of those guys has sort of put some bad out there on the film. Branch probably the least of which has put bad out there. So I, you know. From that perspective, you could argue that he's probably the front runner if any of these guys are going to be kept in the practice squad. So I'm, I'm just curious to see one of these safeties emerge and, and put something decent out there. Because otherwise, these second halves of these games, when you just have bad safety play, um, is not, not going to be a good combination um, just from an aesthetic uh, standpoint. Uh, we'll wrap things up talking special teams. Matt Bryant uh, is going to be another game-time decision. And we'll see whether he goes, you know, given that David Marvin uh, can, can, continues to get the short end of the stick this preseason, the expect, my expectation at this point is that Matt Bryant will play. And so therefore David Marvin will continue to uh, not get any good opportunities to do anything uh, this preseason and impress another NFL team. We know that Marvin isn't necessarily competing for a spot in Atlanta, but to do something so that he can maybe catch on with another NFL team. And really the Falcons have not given him many opportunities to do so with his only non, you know, extra point attempt was a very, very rushed uh, last second field goal against the Jets. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just hoping for David Marvin to get an opportunity just to, you know, so that guy can catch on somewhere in the NFL or at least, I don't know, in Canada or somewhere like this guy's going to be on the team for four games and not be able to get kick a field goal. Like, come on, like what's going on with that Dan Quinn? You like, that's not cool. Um, 
I think, you know, obviously the battle at special teams that most people are going to be paying attention to is going to be at the return specialist. Uh, we'll see if anybody emerges. I think, you know, we should finally get to see Reggie Davis this week, given that Marvin Hall's out. And to me, there's really no excuse not to give Reggie Davis at least one at- return or something. Um, and as I said a week ago, I think Davis is a potential X factor slash dark horse for that return job just because he's been proven over last summer and going back to his days at Georgia that he's a very effective player with the ball in his hands. And, you know, that's essentially what a return specialist is. So I do feel like if Davis does get that opportunity, he could wind up, you know, sort of stealing that job um, from out of nowhere. We'll also sort of have to pay attention to whether or not Calvin Ridley gets another shot. The Falcons coaching staff has certainly been talking him up the last two weeks as a potential return candidate, as I've said on other episodes, I don't feel like the risk, the injury risk of him being, uh, you know, the kickoff returner is, is as high as some people tend to make it out to be. I feel like, you know, you know, you crunch the numbers. The expectation is that he'll play between 500 and 600 snaps on offense and probably only get 20 to 35 attempts to return kickoffs this year. Um, so it's like, 30 times touching the ball, like I, I feel like compared to 500 snaps on offense where he's going to be blocking and running routes and, and taking hits and getting targets, I don't think is a real significant increase to his potential to get injury risk or to get injured. Obviously, you know, zero kickoff returns versus 30 kickoff returns, obviously you're going to have a higher risk of injury with the 30, but I don't think it's so massive that people need to be afraid of, of Calvin Ridley being the Falcons kickoff returner. But we'll also sort of monitor whether or not Ido Smith and Isaiah Oliver and Justin Hardy, among others, get some opportunities this week. We've seen Ido Smith, you know, struggle with his ball security um, last week. Isaiah Oliver just quite hasn't quite done enough in limited opportunities. He's had, and Justin Hardy had one decent return last week, but we've had now three summers of Justin Hardy, so I think the coaching staff kind of knows what he brings to the table, so they don't necessarily have to really give him an opportunity in these preseason games, and this is an opportunity for them to get other guys um, some reps there. But we'll see how it plays out, and I, you know, I think like some of these other battles I've discussed already on the show, I think that's going to be a battle that's going to boil down to the last game, unless you know someone like a Reggie Davis or a Calvin Ridley or, or one of these other guys takes one to the house tonight, which always will certainly, you know, catch the eyes of uh, people. So we'll we'll see what happens with that, Um, and we'll see what happens with the Falcons tonight against the Jaguars. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I don't have high expectations. I expect this to be closer to the Jets game than the Chiefs game, but look, preseason is very unpredictable in that regard, so don't, certainly don't take my word for it uh, in in terms of what's going to happen tonight. But um, yeah, I just, when you're not at full strength and you're facing arguably the best defense in the league, or at least was last year, and no reason to really think that they're going to have a massive drop-off from that point. Uh, you know, if they're not the best, then they'll probably still be top five. Um, not expecting the Falcons to put their best foot forward this week, and we've seen them routinely struggle in third preseason games under Dan Quinn. Um, so my expectation is that we'll go four for four in that regard, uh, as has been the case the last couple of summers. But we'll find out. And um, we'll be back tomorrow with a rapid reaction, a special Sunday episode. I don't think we, I think, how many Sunday shows have we, have we done on this podcast? I think maybe like one, maybe. 
like the draft is like is, is the draft Sunday is like the, the only time we ever do Sunday shows. But yeah, um, so I guess two then. Um, so we'll be back on Sunday with a rapid reaction. We'll be back on Monday with another uh, recap of the game and sort of looking at sort of the big picture stuff. I'm sure there will be certainly a, a couple of storylines to discuss from this game. Hopefully there is something, you know, obviously hopefully it's not injury related, but hopefully there's something that we can come out of this game and be like, hey, that thing happened and we can talk about it on Monday. So that's what's on deck, guys. Until then. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.